Recognize this sound, children. Here comes the sesame oil seller peddling his products. In 2017, the Beijing Wen Wangge Woodwork Museum was founded by Wang Wen Wang, the owner of this voice that's enthusiastically introducing woodworking culture and knowledge to the young visitors of the museum. Wang Wen Wang has been dedicated to the collection and research of traditional Chinese woodwork. In the meantime, he is also a master craftsman in the art of woodworking, with over 30 years of experience repairing antique furniture and restoring old wooden objects. After years of effort, he has amassed tens of thousands of wooden artifacts for display. But deep down, he believes that the museum's soul is rooted in its educational mission and the passing down of traditional Chinese carpentry craftsmanship. In this episode of Footprints, we'll take a deep dive into Wang Wenwang's decades-long journey and hear how he dedicated his life and career to preserving traditional Chinese woodworking culture for future generations. Born in 1970 into a carpenter's family, Wang Wenwang shares the fact that he has always enjoyed playing and experimenting with woodworking. He remembered being drawn to the patterns of traditional Chinese furniture as a child, particularly the mortise and tenon structure. But unlike his father, he recalls that he had no desire to work as a carpenter at a young age. At the time, we joked that if I became a carpenter, no girl in the county would want to marry me. Later, an old friend who was also looking for a change suggested I go to a factory in Beijing and repair antique furniture there with him. I was initially hesitant when I learned that I would be working as a carpenter again, albeit in a different location. But first, let's go see Tiananmen Square," he added. "That was a good one because visiting the Tiananmen Square has always been a childhood dream of mine, and eventually, I came to Beijing with my friend. Just like that, Wang Wenwang broke free from his father's inheritance of becoming a carpenter. But not long after starting work at the factory, he realized that the carpentry skills he learned at home weren't up to the task of restoring antique furniture, which was the path he had just embarked on. A foreman of the carpentry team came to me and asked me to dismantle a square-shaped, small wooden table with curvy wooden supports on each of the legs, acting as joints between the legs and the surface. It didn't appear to me as a difficult one, so I took a hammer and knocked here and there over the surface and on the legs, attempting to remove the legs from the table, but they just wouldn't come off. And I soon became nervous and got all sweaty at that point. After trying all the carpentry techniques that he knew, the four legs remained steadily connected with the table. Nervous and ashamed, Wang was so eager to find out where he went wrong that he turned to an experienced worker for help. I patted an old master carpenter on his shoulder and asked him to demonstrate it for me. 
With few words said, he simply used his fist and hit directly at one of the curvy joints between the surface and the leg. Then, in a matter of seconds, all four legs were dismantled just like that. I was so embarrassed for my ignorance and realized that antique furniture restoration is very different from the day-to-day -day carpentry skills that I know. I was determined to work harder and master the skills. Seeing what he lacked, Wang Wenwang became inspired and worked harder to better equip himself. When it comes to restoring antique furniture, Wang Wenwang says the craftsman must carefully adhere to the traditional woodworking techniques and replicate the classic shapes and patterns. The repair could sometimes involve more than 20 steps that might take weeks to complete, depending on the level of repair required. From the dismantling of the broken parts to the selection of repair materials, each step would need the sophistication of a craftsmanship and years of experience. Later, I wanted to acknowledge one of the master carpenters in the factory as my teacher. He stated that he would gladly accept me under one condition. As a demonstration, he went to get a hand plane and peeled off a 1.5-meter-long wooden strip. And when I saw the strip, I noticed that it was even in thickness and fine in shape. When I could hand plane a wooden strip as thin and long as that one, the master carpenter said he'd stop teaching me. As if a new door opened to him, Wang Wenwang began practicing day and night after hearing the master carpenter's words. In order to acquire wood shavings that are evenly thin, a carpenter would need to exert enough pressure on the plane and maintain a firm and decisive movement when cutting through the wood. Though hand planing is no strange task to him, Wang Wenwang put the skills he inherited from home aside and worked very hard just as any new apprentice should. The hand playing caused blisters all over my hands, but I had to keep on practicing, so I ignored them. More blisters came and went, and after a month and a half, I could finally show to the master carpenter that I, too, could hand playing a strip of wood as long and as thin as his. His efforts were rewarded eventually. On that day, Wang Wenwang won the approval of the skilled carpenter and gradually learned the whole process of antique furniture restoration from him. Whether it was selecting the material, the assembling of the mortise and tenon structure, or the coloring of the newly restored wooden parts, he would attend to each of the steps with great care. After years of hard work, therefore, Wang Wenwang was trained to become a professional restorer of traditional Chinese wooden crafts and furniture. I began by repairing small and simple items like stools and benches, then progressed to larger ones like tables and cabinets. Each piece of furniture that passed through my hands would be beautifully repaired, and I felt very satisfied and proud of my work. However, just as he was getting the hang of it, 
his ideal career of becoming an antique furniture restorer was dashed by reality. By 1992, the factory could no longer support its labor costs due to fewer restoration orders received and thus lower profits earned, forcing Wang Wenwang to strike out and make a living on his own. At the time, I was taking orders from the factory to go out and repair furniture for various customers, and the factory would provide us with food and lodging. And when I became unemployed, I had nowhere to eat or sleep. Unprepared of the situation, Wang Wenwang was only accompanied by his bicycle and the meager savings in his pocket when he walked out of the factory that day. He had no choice but to keep wandering down the street on his bicycle, hungry and cold. As he rode aimlessly in the freezing winter night, he accidentally arrived on the north side of the city, close to the house where a former customer of his lived. Back at the factory, he was assigned to this area and had made a favorable impression on one of the customers by restoring antique furniture for him. Eventually. Wang Wenwang followed his memory and mustered the courage to knock on the door of that household in search of a meal, desperately hoping that the house owner wouldn't drive him away. To his surprise, this time Wang Wenwang scored a lucky hit and received much more than he had anticipated. Remembering him and his fine woodwork, the house owner kindly welcomed Wang inside and offered him dinner and a temporary place to stay. Meanwhile, hearing that several pieces of furniture in the house were actually in need of restoration, Wang voluntarily helped with the repairing for about two weeks in return for nothing more than food and shelter from the kind family. Despite the difficulties. Wang Wenwang was grateful for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, where his hard-earned skills had provided him with chances to move on and repay the kindness shown to him. And after saying his goodbyes to the former customer two weeks later, he managed to settle down and embark on a new journey as an independent antique furniture restorer. Although running around in the city, attending to one order after another throughout that year, Wang never let the heaviness of life bury his passion for traditional Chinese woodwork. Instead, he was even drawn deeper by what he did for a living. When asked what he felt was the turning point that changed his life path, Wang Wenwang replied with a big smile and said that it was an opportunity that he accidentally encountered in 1993. Thanks to his fine woodworking skills, he was introduced to a Chinese American collector who was anxiously looking for an antique furniture restorer in Beijing at that time. A The collector wanted 15 pieces of furniture repaired, and he needed it done in 18 days. The workload he described would normally take at least a month to complete, but he was pressed for time, and I was also pressed for my livelihood, so I took the job. He recalls that it was a time when he would work until 2 a.m. every night and get up again at 4 to continue working. 
Even Wang Wenwang himself had no idea where all his strength came from. But when he finally handed the repaired furniture back, everyone was astounded. I managed to complete the task within 15 days. When I called the collector to come check out the restored furniture, he was so surprised at how fast and well I did it. It was done beautifully, he said. So later we began to collaborate frequently. Seeing Wang Wenwang's persistence in keeping his promise and attending to the job with such fine work. The collector trusted not only Wang's skills but also his moral standing. Soon after that first encounter, therefore, the collector started to frequently hire Wang Wenwang to repair the antique Chinese furniture he collected. And as his income grew, Wang also assembled a team of 50 carpenters to better attend to the jobs. With more and more orders taken. Wang Wenwang's name gradually became better known in the antique furniture restoration industry. In 1999, Wang Wenwang was hired by the Beijing Historical Relics and Construction Engineering Company as master worker for carpentry. Fully putting his professional woodworking experiences to use, he and the team not only restored antique furniture but also wooden architectural features in historical sites, including the Wan Ping Castle, a Ming Dynasty fortress down in southwest Beijing, and the ancient buildings in the Palace Museum. Such work experience also provided Wang Wenwang with a wealth of aesthetics knowledge and exquisite craftsmanship in ancient woodcraft of a larger variety, which was beyond the day-to-day -day labor he was already familiar with back at that time. Inspired by the elegant motifs, the complex carvings and decorations on the woodcraft, he realized that taking in orders and getting the job done could no longer satisfy his passion for studying traditional woodworking. That was a period of time when he would visit famous historic sites all across Beijing whenever he had spare time. In order to learn more, Wang Wenwang would constantly find relevant books and self-study the wooden building structures and the antiques. With years of learning through practice, Wang Wenwang developed a keen observational skill and was able to distinguish genuine antiques from fakes. Hence, by the turn of the century, he was much better equipped, both knowledge-wise and financially. And had begun building his own collection, which focuses primarily on wooden crafts and antique furniture. When acquiring the collection, he was inevitably brought into contact with a large number of people with whom he could trade and from whom he could purchase. But according to Wang Wenwang, the public's awareness of the importance of preserving antiques and woodcrafts back then was not as high as it is now. It was in the year 2005 when I came to visit a friend back in my hometown, and as I entered his gate, his mother was sitting aside, ready to throw a curvy piece of wood that looked very similar to a table leg into her cooking stove. 
When I came in closer, I instantly recognized that it was a table like made of Huanghua Li wood, which was so rarely seen on the market. I held the old lady by the hand and asked her, "Ma'am, may I buy this table like off from you?" And she replied that she wouldn't even ask me for money and gave the Huanghua Li table like to me for free. Huanghua Li, literally meaning yellow flowering pearwood. Is a rare species of rosewood that is mainly produced in China's southernmost Hainan province. Typically, it takes hundreds of years for the Huanghua Li to mature and become ready for use in furniture making. And as a precious wood, therefore, Huanghua Li has seen a significant rise of price in recent years due to increased demand and very limited supply. Holding the surviving table leg. With the rest of the table most likely lost for good, Wang Wenwang fell into deep reflection. It pained him gravely to see for himself how a piece of rare woodcraft was regarded as nothing more than firewood by those who didn't recognize its value and importance. These are cultural legacies left by our ancestors, but many of us are unaware of their value and are thus letting them fade away as time goes by. So I wanted to find a way to make these legacies more visible to the general public and allow more people to learn about the heritage. Or even join forces to protect them. In this regard, it was suggested that I create a platform that showcases the knowledge and art of woodworking. So that's where the concept for the museum came from. Ever since this idea of establishing a museum was sparked in his mind, Wang Wenwang no longer wanted to focus his career entirely on restoring antique woodcraft alone, but also the preservation of them. Over the years, he had gathered a personal collection of thousands of pieces of traditional Chinese woodcraft. Some are furniture. Others are smaller wooden tools for old manual carpentry tasks that could date back to the Qing Dynasty or earlier. However, acquiring the item for display was merely just the start. When Wang Wenwang began to map out the details for the museum, he found that the project was rather intricate and far more difficult than he had anticipated. In addition to issues like fundraising, venue selecting, and exhibition planning, etc., he would also need to dig into the cultural and historical background of the woodcrafts and be able to demonstrate the knowledge in a way that's understandable to the general public. By nature, a craftsman with a middle school level of education. Wang Wenwang racked his brain to research the themes of the exhibition he would like to display. Collecting the objects is one thing, but being able to explain the cultural implication behind them is quite another. That was a huge amount of work, and to me personally, the most difficult tasks back then. So I read books and historical documents and literature, but that was still a lot of work. Instead of just putting the woodcraft there and telling people what it is, Wang Wenwang wanted to showcase to the audience how these wooden tools were used in ancient times. 
I remember having to read over 20 books when putting together one exhibition theme that I planned to display in the museum, and that was the 360 jobs in old China. With the progress of the times and the development of science and technology, many traditional Chinese handicraft trades and professions had been replaced by mechanization. Just as artificial intelligence threatens to replace some of the existing jobs today, many of the traditional manual works and trades that used to be commonly seen among folks from hundreds of years ago have long been buried in history. These handicraft jobs were gathered together as the 360 trades of old China. Even nowadays, a folk saying remains popular among the Chinese people, which could be literally translated as "There are 360 trades, and every trade has its master." Commonly used to indicate that there are masters in every walk of life, the saying, in the meantime, gave Wang Wenwang an idea to gather the wooden tools used by each of these old professions as a way to restore the traditional folk culture from hundreds of years ago. The collecting of these woodcraft tools, on the other hand, was no easy task at all. Wang Wenwang had to travel around and sometimes pay visits to other private collectors for over a year and a half before he finally gathered a series of wooden tools for the 360 traditional trades in China. Among the items he found, there was a barber's shoulder pole and wooden container, the shoemaker's pattern mold, the ice seller's buckets, and the horsekeeper's manger, etc. Meanwhile, he had gathered other exhibition themes, such as the Chinese Farm Series, the 24 Solar Term Series, all dedicated to the promoting of traditional Chinese culture through vivid display of the wooden tools involved. And with several series of exhibits organized, Wang Wenwang thought it was high time he found out what the general public thought about his work. The first step he made to reach out to the public was to participate in national furniture fairs and exhibitions. 2008, in 2008, I decided to take part in a furniture exhibition in Shanghai and show the collection to the public as a test to see if people liked it. In the exhibition hall, we rented a 40 square meter space, and. After poring over dozens of books and consulting with several historical relic experts, we had the exhibition ready in two months. When it was finally open to the public, our 40 square meter space was completely occupied by people who were either studying the collection or taking photographs of it. With the first tryout in Shanghai a huge success. Wang Wenwang could see how traditional woodworking can appeal to the general public, and was ready to showcase more exhibitions of a wider range of collection across the country. And whenever a new exhibition was displayed, his well-designed woodcraft collections would become better known to society, receiving not only recognition from the public but also acclaim from numerous experts in the field. After another eight years of accumulating experiences and popularity, Wang Wenwang eventually acquired the qualification for running his private museum.
I'll always remember that it was in June 2016 when the Civil Affairs Bureau of the local district called me and said that I could come and pick up the museum running license, saying that it had been approved. So after more than 10 years of hard work, I finally realized my dream. I recall crying a lot that afternoon after receiving that phone call. In 2017, which was nearly 12 years after his first inspiration, Wang Wen Wang finally opened his long-prepared museum to the public. He organized his collection into more than 50 themes based on the woodcraft's characteristics and intended use, leaving visitors feeling as if they'd wandered through an encyclopedia of traditional Chinese folk life. To emphasize on the museum's educational function, Wang Wen Wang personally designed a series of carpentry workshops and incorporated the teaching into handicraft activities. This allows children and adult visitors to make wooden stools and toys with their own hands under the guidance of the museum staff. Meanwhile, there are also plenty of opportunities for them to observe the old wooden structures up close and learn about how these tools were used by craftspeople in the ancient times. Combining both the knowledge and the fun in making woodcraft, therefore, the museum successfully brings traditional culture one step closer to its visitors of all age groups. Let's push it down slowly. That's right. Some people would call me a woodcraft scholar or an expert of sorts, but I don't think of myself like that. I'm just a carpenter and I do a bit more on embroidering traditional cultural heritage into modern people's daily life so that it may be kept or taught and inherited by the next generation. My purpose in building and running the museum is to promote woodwork culture and, at the same time, deliver the ancient wisdom and philosophy of Chinese woodwork to more people. It's my wish to bring these antique wooden objects outside of China and spread the Chinese culture to the whole world. With that, we conclude this episode of Footprints. Thanks for listening. I'm Yu Shan. If you're interested in hearing more about the lives of ordinary but incredible people in China, Follow us on Apple Podcast. Just key in Footprints and you can find more stories anytime, anywhere. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.